This is the Saturate Podcast. Saturate is committed to seeing a gospel movement happen in North America and beyond, in which every man, woman, and child have a daily encounter with Jesus in word and deed. This podcast is an ongoing conversation with disciples and leaders growing in the gospel and growing in living the implications of the gospel in community and on mission. Welcome to the Saturate Podcast. I'm Brad Watson, and I have my good friend Jared Pickney joining me again today. And this time we're going to be talking about how missional communities can share leadership. Uh, It's a crucial conversation. We actually get questions about it quite often. But first, Jared, how are you doing? Brad, man, it's good to hear your voice. I'm doing well. Lots of cool stuff going on here in our Kansas so yeah, yeah. How's things in LA? LA is good. There's also lots of cool things happening. Let's keep it surface level. Like let's just look like, yeah. oh cool, man. <laughs> yeah, life is good. I'm doing lit. Sorry, I cut you off. You actually probably really were about to like tell me something good. So I mean, I was gonna say that we were recently together in person, which was pretty cool. I think we've spent probably hours and hours on the phone. Like I never did a log or anything, but probably in like the 50 range of hours on the phone Mm. together. Mm. But we've actually only been together at the same space in person once. And it was like eight years ago. That's a great point. And you picked me up from the airport in Memphis and drove me to the Arkansas. That's right. You and Duke Rivard, who is a Arkansas guy, but was not then. He was living in Portland with you. He was. Yeah. Do you remember that? Those days? I do remember those days of my life. I do remember them as if they were yesterday, but it was a long time ago. But then we were together in person at the Selma Family Retreat in San Diego, and that was just really wonderful. And they had you as the keynote speaker, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And in your, your little sermon, you said that you were really afraid of flying, and that made me really happy because I'm afraid of flying. And wow. it's good when people have fears together. I don't know if which disappoints me more. The fact that whenever I saw you in San Diego, that you didn't seem as happy to see me as I was to see you. (laughs) Or if the fact that you just called my sermon, uh, your little sermon. (laughs) I was really happy to see you. I've been told. That's okay. I get it. It's cool, man. You're in LA. I'm in Paragold. It's a lot bigger. I get it. No, I've been told recently that People don't know what to do with me whenever they see me in like a large group. Because, <laughs> That's awesome. Because I'm a reserved person, actually. And so I was told that same thing last weekend. We had a leaders retreat and someone was like, you didn't seem very happy to be there. It's like, no, I was I was happy to be there. I was thrilled. I was thrilled. Well, that makes me feel better. I'm glad yeah. to know that it's just more social awkwardness on your part than it is that you don't love me. No, it was good. I think one. this is kind of an aside because every encounter we have with people for the last six months has been like new relationships mm-hmm. and like people we don't, we've never spent a lot of life with. My wife and I both noticed at the Soma retreat how we were so tired of doing that because that's our daily life oh, is yeah. connecting with people that we don't have any like real life history with. Mm-hmm. And so at the retreat this year, we felt like much more tired, even just like mm-hmm. in the very beginning, like, mm-hmm. oh, we're just, this is like normal life. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the past, it's like, well, we've got our people in Portland, mm-hmm. we've got our community, we've got like deep relationships. So for three days to just like jump right into people that you don't see very often was easier. But mm-hmm. this year it was hard. Well, I'm sorry you didn't feel loved, but your little sermon was good. 
<laughs> well, I did feel loved, and I feel loved uh, all the time around you, especially on a day on Valentine's Day as we record this episode together. I know it's beautiful. It's the Ash Valentine Day, which is special. So is. it's good to be with you on Love Day, as Daniel Tiger calls it. Mm. So today's topic is sharing leadership in a missional community. And unfortunately, that actually sharing leadership in a community feels really vague for most people. So hopefully through this podcast, we can get into some of the depths of what this actually means and how to actually share uh, leadership together. But first, Jared, why do you feel like sharing leadership is even important at all? Well, fundamentally, I believe that shared leadership is important because it shifts leadership responsibility from a single person to an entire missional community which then removes the pressure. I think a lot of missional community leaders are experiencing by trying to be the hero of the missional community. And mm-hmm. so like I know from, from personal experience here in our own church, when a leader tries to take on all the responsibilities of leading a missional community, it just doesn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, no matter how gifted you are or what your personality type is at some point, like if you're trying to lead people on mission, and handle all the shepherding issues while also like hosting all the meals and trying to tackle all the administration. It's just a matter of time before you're going to burn out. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's, it's even something that, yeah, to hark on too, is that leadership sharing isn't optional. You know, it's not like, Hey, well, yeah, if you want to do it all on your own, that's cool. But for mm-hmm. those weak ones like us, we're going to share leadership. It's actually not that way, you know, at all. I've come to believe that it's actually impossible, even for a really gifted couple, Mm -hmm. to lead all by themselves. Mm -hmm. And and again, I say that just from my own personal experience, when just Mirelle and I would be the only leaders of a community. We did all of the stuff. We were trying to juggle everything. The result really was burnout in us and then not even a good community because there's no time to like have people over for meals to get to know them. There's no way to like shepherd or resolve problems. And eventually you just stop doing some of the really important things. Hmm. Um, And so for me, I think the minimum number of leaders you need is three, but ideally you'd have like four or five qualified and equipped missional community leaders. And one realization I had several years ago when my wife and I were kind of at this crisis of we can't do this alone was that even Jesus didn't try to lead his disciple-making movement alone in the first century. Uh, Functionally, he wanted to disciple those 12 guys, but also, as I read the Gospels, he really kind of wanted a band of helpers too. Uh, Even in many of the stories, he's turning to them and saying, well, why don't you go get some food for these people? I need you to do that. Or uh, he was giving him uh, his disciples things to do to contribute to, to making things even function. And then I'd also say sharing leadership is a really beautiful picture that we get an image of what God is like as God is Father, Son, and Spirit and collaboratively loving and submitting to one another as the Godhead three in one. And so not only is solo leadership always something that leads to burnout and, and unhealth, it also just doesn't accurately depict the image of God and his family, the church. So I think mm-hmm. that churches mm-hmm. should be led by multiple people too, but that's probably for a completely different podcast episode. But so those are some of just the foundational things. And um, another thing we realized a while ago is that there are also multiple types of leaders. 
And that's really the baseline of shared leadership. So not everyone leads the same, not everyone has the same perspective. And that's really good. And it's really crucial. So over the years, we've kind of come to think about is there's basically two types of leaders, there's missional leaders, and there's shepherding leaders, and you need both in a healthy MC. So the missional leaders are more of your evangelists, your pioneers, your apostles, your prophets, who are all about like, how do we get this these people, these Christian people out there in the world, living life, uh, sharing the gospel? Like, how do we how do we get them to do that? Why do we need to like foster this community? What do they need to learn? How do we set up a structure so that they can do that? That's what missional leaders are thinking about, and that's even. You know, when you hear them talking about why they want to lead a missional community, they'll say that's why. It's like, well, there's all these people who don't know Jesus, or there's these parts of the city that need to be restored, or there's these people that are marginalized and there needs to be justice there. That's the motivation or the calling of those leaders. And then there's shepherding leaders, which are more of the pastors and the teachers, which I think is kind of the default mode of church leadership Mm -hmm. often, and community leadership, like the ones who are just going to like care for your soul and they're they're motivated by like what if we had a group of christians who truly knew the love of the father and were submitted to the spirit and like if we were seeing repentance and healing and restoration and they gravitate towards the people that are are really struggling and they want to have them over in their house every night to do marriage counseling and all of those things and that's their posture they're thinking how do we create a really healthy family that non-believers can come into, whereas the missional leaders are thinking, how can we take the family and get it out of the doors? And those two leader types are fundamentally necessary to lead a community really well, just to have those mind frames of tackling problems, tackling issues, casting vision for the community. You need both of those things to really be, I think, healthy. And so that's, in the end, for me, what shared leadership in a missional community is all about. It's three or four people taking initiative together for the benefit of others, for the benefit Mm. of the body, and for the benefit of their neighborhood, town, city, whatever. That's good, man. And so, like, if you're listening to this, like, maybe, you know, now you're saying, okay, well, that's, that's fantastic, but, you know, practically, what does it look like, right? I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, we need to work together as a team towards Mm -hmm. a common goal. Right. But it's another thing to say, hey, here is the position that you're mm-hmm. going to play. Right. And here's how you play that position and, uh, in order for us to be effective as a team. And so for us, one of the things, Brad, that we have found helpful in helping our missional communities is whenever we raise up new missional community leaders, we give them a document that we've mm-hmm. created that basically outlines all of these positions, right? It talks about like kind of yeah. what these positions are on the team and how to play those. And so if you're listening to the podcast, I would encourage you right now, like maybe, you know, open up a file, Evernote or something on, you know, note on your phone or get your piece of paper and write these down because I think this will be helpful for you uh, just kind of fleshing this out and the everyday stuff of life. And so for us, what we look at on a practical kind of level is when it comes to this whole idea of distributing responsibilities among mm-hmm. the missional community, here's kind of the different positions. Um, and so we have someone who is responsible for, and this is usually one or two people, hospitable people who are going to take responsibility for opening up their home for the meal, right? So mm-hmm. our missional community has a meal every single week and we need people to open up their homes, right? To create a hospitable space where we can have our meal and have our discussion. And so not only do we, distribute that out. But we ask someone uh, who maybe has a teaching gift to help lead the discussion. 
Okay, so you have a different someone hosting the meal. You have other people who are pitching in and using their teaching gift to help lead a discussion that typically for us is a sermon-based discussion where we're trying to kind of practice and live out together the things that we're teaching on on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. We have someone that we just kind of call you know a missional catalyzer, and so this is someone who has a natural desire to reach people beyond the missional community that Brad was just talking about. And oftentimes this is the missional community leader, at least in our context, or it's someone who has the passion just to champion the specific mission, you know, and basically like lead everyone together towards that. And then we have uh, the shepherding person, right? Again, a lot of times this falls on missional community leaders, to be honest, but what we're trying to do in our context right now is to raise up a, a shepherding kind of point person within each missional community. And their goal is is to try to help carry some of the load when it comes to counseling or um, making sure people are getting plugged in. We call them fight clubs. Some call them DNA groups. Basically, these gospel-centered accountability groups, right, where they can be known and know others and, and basically learn to fight together for the life that God has called them to live. Mm-hmm. We have someone that's designated as a meal coordinator, Right. And so this really doesn't take a whole lot of gifting. It's probably good to find someone who has like an administrative gifting, like they're cool with some behind the scenes type stuff. Mm-hmm. But we give these meal coordinators a document. And, and Brad, you might have been the one that gave this to me years ago. I don't even remember, but it's a document <laughs> that lays out all of the meal options. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are you the one that sent that to me? I probably was. I was all okay. About yeah, that. man. That's, that's fantastic <laughs> stuff. Well, our meal coordinators, thank you for that, Brad. And so, like, awesome. it's basically just like, I don't know, 40 ideas of what kind of meals you can have on a Sunday night. And then like it breaks down like, hey, if you're having tacos, you need, you know, for this many people, six pounds of hamburger meat, this many shells, whatever else. And so yeah, our meal coordinators and every single week, they send out something by Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever. That's like, hey, here's the meal. Here's the theme. Here's what we need. People sign up on it on our group me yeah. account. And we know who's bringing what, right? But that takes some work. Totally. It's a blessing for someone to take that over and do that. Um, we have someone that oversees childcare. And I use the word childcare loosely. If you don't like that term, right, sorry. But for us, <laughs> basically what we do, and again, in our context, not saying it's what you should be doing, but, you know, we have, you know, 20 something kids in our missional community right now. And right. for us to have any sort of discussion whatsoever, um, most of our kids are five or under. Like it's just not right. going to happen. Like if we're just letting them run wild, you know. And mm-hmm. so what we do is we'll meet in a separate part of the house of the kids, and and then we just hang out with them. We we have someone that rotates that, you know, between couples, and we try to remind them like, hey, this is not a burden. This is a blessing, and we talk about all of that. But still, you have to have someone that coordinates it. Right. Someone, another good uh, point person to have is someone over cleanup. We've probably all had those instances where we've hosted an event or like an MC meal or something, yeah. and everyone leaves the house a wreck. And then, like, mm-hmm. you're sitting there looking at your spouse and you're like, why did we do this? Like, you know, like, yeah. and you're like, you're up for another hour and a half trying to clean. And that's just not mm-hmm. good discipleship. Like, we want everyone to, like, say, hey, man, this is all, like, our father's stuff. And we want to take care of it together. And so, we want to put someone over. It's like, hey, let's make sure all the rooms are cleaned up. And they're like, you know, someone's standing around like, hey, here's a broom. Or, hey, take out the trash. Right? So, we have someone for that. Uh, we have a prayer coordinator, right, as well. And so, it's just someone that, like, hey, you know, keep it on your radar, remind us as much as like it's kind of stinks that we need that reminder sometimes that hey the most important thing we can do as an MC is pray and so just make sure it's on our radar as MC leader that we're doing that regularly you can record prayer requests that sort of thing so usually this is someone who has like the gift of mercy or the gift of prayer intercession faith whatever so yeah like that's 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 a document we give to all of our folks again I'd encourage you like if you're here taking notes right like 
this is something you can implement right away, totally. right to where you can go from like being someone who like you, your spouse or whatever, where you're like being overwhelmed trying to do all of that to distributing that to others. And I think what you'll find is there are people in your group, your MC that would love to do these things because they've been wired yes. that way by the Holy spirit. And so they're going to come alive by, by doing some of these things that right now, honestly, like you probably don't even want to do right. Because you haven't been totally right. wired to lead out in that way. So uh, hopefully that, that helps on a practical piece. Definitely. Even when you share kind of a list like that, I think there's probably some people out there that are like, well, that's eight roles. Like that's eight responsibilities that like we can delegate. Then they think, well, there's eight people in my community total. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a really exciting thing. I don't know if you'd agree, but like that everybody has a role to play within the community. And that is so like refreshing. And, it, and it's not just like, hey, all I do here is all I do is the the meals. So if you guys want to do mission or disciple making or whatever, I don't do that. It's more of just like, these are the people that like carry that responsibility. And it's such a beautiful picture of family to me, at least. Yeah, absolutely, man. When people take ownership, I mean, they're a lot more likely when you feel like it's yours, right? You're a lot more, mm-hmm. a lot more likely to stay connected. Yeah. And I think, too, as leaders, we have to get our heads around the fact that there's so many people who have never been asked to do something Mm. uh, within a community, within a family, except like show up Mm. or at their work. They're just told like what to do. And it is so restorative Mm. for like a community of people to say like, hey, like you're like even new to the faith. Could you be in charge of the cleanup? That's great, man. Like we really need that. Or you are learning to pray and it's amazing. Can you like coordinate us to be people who pray? Mm -hmm. I've seen that for people that are like just coming back to the faith, new in the faith, or they've like grown up in church their whole life. And no one has ever said like, you're such a valuable part of this community. Mm -hmm. Here's a role that we want you to play that helps us. Yeah, that's excellent. Great point, man. There's also how like there is a level of leadership. Maybe it's the the missional catalyst and the shepherding leader and those people being able to get together and think really importantly about what's going on. And I think one of the main ways that we that we lead is through planning and through catalyzing by casting vision or just kind of saying what's true about a community. And so I think that's one of the main aspects of leadership is actually creating those spaces where the leaders of a community can talk and think through what's actually happening. And so I think from the outset, you should be thinking through and having conversations about people's capacity and expectation uh, with the core members of your missional community and who's going to fill what role. Uh, We actually, we're starting a new missional community. We did on Sunday, but on Saturday at our leaders retreat, we spent like four hours with our our core group of leaders just talking through this sort of stuff. Like who's going to fill what role? What's your expectation? How do you want to be developed? All of that stuff. So that's a really important spot thing to do from the outset. And then the second thing is just to set aside one really powerful meeting a month. And I always say that because often we just hear the word meeting, but it's a one powerful, wonderful meeting a month with the rest of the leaders, with your missional and shepherding co-leaders. And in that meeting, what you'll do is these kind of four rhythms. You'll celebrate, you'll share evidence of God's work and the lives of your community and then the lives of those that you're on mission to. I think often we get 
on the cusp of burnout because we've never paused and said, man, what did God do last month? Let's just sort of like praise God for all of his work in the life of people, the work that he did that didn't have anything to do with us, the work that he did in calling people to himself on the mission that we're to like spend time celebrating Hmm. and then also spend time blessing one another by kind of speaking words of encouragement and care for how God is actually using the different leaders in your, your community over the last month. This can just be as simple as like, man, I saw you last, last month. Like you normally are afraid to like have confrontation, but you were so gracious. You followed the spirit and you talked to this one person. And that was such evidence of God's grace just in you. And I think that sort of blessing and encouraging of of fellow leaders is sharing leadership. And then the third thing you do is listen. So we always pause after the celebrating and the blessing and we just have time where we pray and we just ask God, like, what do we need to be focusing on? You know, lead us, direct us, you know, bring up really good ideas. And we just sort of listen like, God, what are you wanting us to do as leaders? How are you wanting us to shape this community over the next month? And then after praying, we we talk about what people have heard and what they're thinking. And then we plan out the next month accordingly and delegate some of the tasks that might be like, hey, next month. We really want to push people into seeing how the mission of God really cares for our own souls. That's what we're going to focus on. So we'll have a couple of times where we teach on that. Then when we do mission together, we definitely want to reflect on that and who's going to do what. So those are kind of the four things that you do in these uh, planning sessions with co-leaders. And I've come to realize that that is crucial to seeing leadership actually shared. That's when people's voices, their perspectives actually get heard, even if they don't end up doing any of the teaching or the emailing or anything like that. But that's kind of the way in buy-in moment for what a community is going to be about. And that's huge. Yeah. Would you add anything to that, Jared? No, man. Are there any resources though that come to mind for those who are listening on shared leadership? Yeah. And even uh, as we were doing this, I'm like, oh man, we need to like put some of these resources out. Uh, (laughs) One resource that does exist that we have is the monthly planning. There's like a template. And so you can even just go to saturate, click on the magnifying glass and search monthly planning and it'll pop up and it'll kind of take you through those four things that I just mentioned. I think we should totally make your list of uh, leadership roles available too, shouldn't we, Jared? We should. So we'll make that on the internet before this gets published and you can pull that out. We should totally do the meal planning thing because that's that's a dope resource. Dope. <laughs> dope. I'm totally LA now. Totally. A few other things is if you're just kind of wondering to learn more about this whole idea of shared leadership, Jeff Vanderstelt did a really good video in the How to Equip an MC series on shared leaderships. So that's something that if you're a member, I would definitely listen to or watch. Uh, we also, in our coaching series of videos, we have a video where a team of MC leaders are actually making a plan for how they're going to celebrate Easter and be a blessing to their neighborhood. And, and it's basically a picture of a meeting like I just described. So that can be really helpful for you if you're still like, man, what is shared leadership? And that's actually going to do it for us today on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on, Jared. I love being able to talk to you. And uh, as always, if you're listening, send us questions via social media or email. You can email us at hello at saturatetheworld.com. And if this podcast has been helpful at all, please share it with others. Uh, Leave us a review online. That really helps other people find us, especially as we're 
kind of a niche podcast just about missional communities. So that that really helps people that are exploring and trying to get equipped in this sort of stuff uh, find us. So your reviews are very helpful. And with that, we will talk and see each other again soon. Today's podcast was edited by Ben Fort, and our theme music is written and performed by the band Mopac. Saturate's hope is to see one missional community for every 1,000 people in every city as we see the glory of God fill every person, every place, and every church. We participate in this vision by curating resources, training, coaching, consulting, and many more ways. Find out more at saturatetheworld.com.